wonder if I could start with some introductory comments again about, about Jesus. Uh, this week, Lynn and I have been watching The Chosen season two, and I've been just struck by who Jesus is, and I'm also struck by the humanity of the disciples. And I want to just give voice to something, if I could. I'm going to use myself. In, the, in, the, in Jesus' day, there were only 9,000 of me. So I would be, there were 9,000 scribes, Pharisees, and teachers of the law. So Jesus is basically speaking to everyone, and to most of the world he's speaking to, he is offering the Beatitudes. You see in Matthew chapter, in Matthew 5, 6, 7, but also in Luke chapter 6. But if you read the Luke uh, description, he also includes the 9,000 Kevins. So I'm using myself to be a scribe and Pharisee. Instead of saying to the Kevins, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, he says to the Kevins, woe be to you. Over and over and over and over. Poof, poof, poof. Now why am I telling you that? Because I'm gonna say I'm sorry. I wonder if I'm serving in your pastor for almost 30 years now. Have you been felt at times that I have done this to you? If you're not measuring up, have you felt me give you a dig? Have you felt me be condemnatory? Have you felt me be judgmental? Because the only people that made Jesus mad were the me's, not you. And I find it so interesting as you watch the chosen, you're watching the full humanity of his disciples and all these people. And Jesus says to people who are just trying to live, who are just trying to do their best, who aren't highly religious, he says to these people with deep love, you are blessed in the kingdom of the heavens. If I have made you feel less in any way in these past 30 years, I want to say I'm sorry. Because that's not like Jesus. We are being invited as a people to be disciples of Jesus, to think the ways he thinks, to speak the way he speaks, to do the things he does as though he were living his life in us. And that's the invitation. And that's how the Sermon on the Mount actually is. So can I invite you please to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to begin, and I'm going to spend three weeks on the first 20 verses, so there's no, like, there's no conclusion to this. It's just a conversation trying to make our hearts connect with Jesus. And I've got a couple slides I want, to, I want to bring to your attention. Can I just have slides four, five, and six, please, Morgan? I want to, I got to, this is all introduction now. The, the, the thing that's so interesting to me, and I've got about 50 commentaries on the Sermon on the Mount, because I believe, I believe the Sermon on the Mount is, is the single most descriptive, uh, the best description of someone who calls herself or himself a disciple of Jesus. But what strikes me in so many of the commentaries, it is, it basically does this. And, and it would just, it, as I get older, 
I'm just struck, how can the Beatitudes be good news if they're basically how-tos? Okay, now, you better stop being angry. You better not lust. Don't tell any oaths. Uh, be nice to your enemies. Now, if you do all this stuff, maybe, maybe God will let you into his heaven. And that's the tone of a lot of these commentaries. That's, I think that's just wrong. It's Jesus saying to people, I want you to be in a deeply embedded relationship with me, Jesus says, so that my life can be lived through you. And I'm struck by watching the chosen. These are not people like the Kevins who spent all day long reading the scriptures. If you, watch the, if you watch the Orthodox Jews today, when they pray, they use their whole bodies and they're just so engaged and they're memorizing, they're doing all the religious things. And Jesus talks to regular people and said, you are blessed in the kingdom of the heavens. You're invited into the kingdom of the heavens. We have moved to sin management. Do this, you're in. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. And Jesus is saying, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Jesus says, and I will give you rest. The Beatitudes can't be understood as good news if they're just how to, how to, how to. Can you skip a slide, please? Morgan, go to the next one. Next one more. So what I'm trying to briefly say to you in the last three or four minutes is basically in the Beatitudes, chapter 5, 1 through 20, you carry an anti-Pharisee theme, not judgmental, just an anti-Pharisee theme, and a whole spectrum theme. Jesus is being so invitational. I want to, I want to just, let me just, let me just, let me just be your pastor for just a minute here. We're not trying to hit standards that somehow either we or whoever has set for us. We are invited to be in a relationship with Jesus together. And out of that life of relationship comes the goodness of the kingdom. Then comes the blessedness that Jesus talks about. It comes out of this, this deep, deep relationship. So don't, if, if, I, if I have come across these past years as you gotta do this, you gotta do this, please forgive me for that. That's, that's, not, that's not what I wanna communicate. However God wired you, whatever he created you to be, the invitation is to take who you are and connect with Jesus, his life for yours, his life in yours, so that his life is lived through you. Would you open your Bibles, please, to chapter 5, Matthew 5. Thank you, Morgan. And I'm going to read chapter, can I, do you, Morgan, do you have the, the memorization one up there? We were going to do this and we forgot. I want to just make sure we go through it, because we want my goal, my desire is that these words get embedded in us. So I'm just, would you be willing to read these with me? This, we're going to read chapter 5, 3 through 12. And we're not going to do this. It's just trying to get these words into us. That the words of Jesus become part of us. So we're going to go through the Beatitudes every week for the next 11 weeks. Would you be with me, please? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So perhaps as a read that, you think, I can never memorize that. Yes, you can. So if you want a hard copy at the Welcome Center, there is a small piece of paper, bookmark, QR code, and online you can go to a church, a church website, trcpella.com, Matthew 5, and there is someone who will speak, and we're going to learn to memorize a verse at a time. Together, slowly, we're just going to listen to these words and let the words begin to move into our hearts because as the words into our hearts, they come out of our lives. So these are available online or hard copies back at the, at the Welcome Center. So please consider that with me, please. Let me take you through this a little bit now. Can I take you? I'm going I'm I'm to make a first pass here again. So I'm going to look at chapter 5, 3 through 12. But before, one more time, let me set the tone one more time. So in chapter 4, the previous chapter, Jesus become, makes his public ministry out to all. And he ends with a, this phrase, repent, turn around, change your thinking, for the kingdom of the heavens is near. The word kingdom, I'm defining as the place where what Jesus wants done is done. Turn, go toward where what Jesus wants done is done. It is near. So then what happens next? He says to 12 people, now you follow me. Just watch what I do. What happens next? People from all over, and if you watch The Chosen, there is about the third episode in season two. I would just, just struck by the, the imagery. Jesus has been out with, all, remember, now, these, these are just all kinds of people who have no health care. Many have no money. They're just, they're just trying to live. And Jesus is among these massive crowds of people, and he is healing and touching, and he's blessing. And in the scene in The Chosen, he walks past the disciples. He walks, he's exhausted. Because so much of the kingdom that's been in him has been taken from him, from all that he loves. And he goes to his place to rest, and he is exhausted. Now, why do I tell you the story? Because Jesus speaks to those people in Matthew 5. These are the people who have been excluded, who are not known, appreciated, not engaged. They're just kind of on the, they're just, they're regular people. Not the Kevins, they're regular people. And he looks at them. Now, this, you got to hear this now. As we go through the next seven, uh, three chapters over the next 11 weeks, Jesus always speaks with concrete examples from everyday life. So as he looks at this crowd, this huge crowd of people, chapter 4, at the end, 
He, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, he has been healing them, freeing them, delivering them from demons. And he is looking at people who he has interacted with. And he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of the heavens. I think he looks, blessed is she who mourns. For she, he, he's, just, he's, just, he's just looking into people's lives. And he's speaking blessing, Makarios. You can be part of this. And they are absolutely amazed. So th this, no, this, is not, this is not prescriptive. This is descriptive. So having said that, chapter 5, verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, that we just chapter 4, 22 to following, he went up on a mountainside, he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he said, now I'm going to add something that's not in your, in your English text. In verse 3, you read, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look at verse 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of the heavens, of heaven. Other verses, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, they don't have that, but that's implied. So I'm going to add it every single time you read it. So chapter 5, verse 3. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now what I didn't say, verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted in the kingdom. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth in the kingdom. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled in the kingdom. Blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown mercy in the kingdom. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God in the kingdom. Blessed are the peacemakers, they'll be called the children of God in the kingdom. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. People of God, this is the word of God. Can we take a moment now? I've talked talk for about seven, eight minutes, read the scriptures. Could you just share, if you're comfortable, summoned by you, what is resonating, what's lifting in your head and your heart as you think about these words of Jesus? Can we just do a little bit of conversation? If you're not comfortable, you don't need to. But if you'd like to, Please do. So what resonates as you think about Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount? Would you please take a few minutes, two or three minutes, please? stop for a second. Thank you. One or two people. Can you just share something if you're comfortable and I'll bring it out and let's, let's see where the Holy Spirit leads us. Anybody want to share something with all of us? Yes. None Joy. Of them None of them are proud. We're going to really go after that a second. So, so remember now, the people Jesus is bagging on are the Kevins, the 9,000 me's. And if you, if you, if you I think anti-Pharisee theme, take chapter 5, 3 through 12 and turn them upside down. So he's, he's describing the antithesis of Pharisees. 
So he's talking about humble, broken people, not people who are learned and smart. So very good, Joy, thank you. Someone else? Yeah, Bob. Bob brings something really interesting. Bob, Bob and Deborah, educators, and it says standard-based teaching is kind of the norm in our country today. And I think we can easily take that and bring it to the life of the Christian faith. And that's exactly opposite. Now, there are standards. You'll see, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We'll talk about that. But it's not, it's not sin management. It's not do this, do this, this, or else. I said this, I can't remember, forgive me if I repeat myself, but I'm just struck by the idea. People who don't want to have anything to do with God now, I use this sentence, different services. If someone does wants nothing to do with God now, why will they want anything to do with God forever? See, we fundamentally, we are invited into a life-giving relationship in the circle of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus invites us into this circle of love from which we are invited to live as disciples of Jesus. So it's not about keeping the rules. Obviously, we want to, I remember one of our senior saints said to me one time, don't we need the Ten Commandments? Absolutely we need the Ten Commandments. But we do the Ten Commandments not because we have to, because we just do. Why? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, teacher, teacher, talk about the law. And Jesus said, here is real, the Lord of God, the Lord is one. You should love the Lord your God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors, yourself, and all, all the commandments right there. What does it mean to keep the Ten Commandments? It's to love God and love neighbor. See, fundamentally what you're going to see as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, that's what Jesus is poking at all the time. He's talking about people who live in and from the love of God. So that's why we can address anger because we know how loved we are. Someone came after the first service and said, I'm trying to handle my anger. Well, let me just jump ahead and give you, I've got to be really careful. <laughs> I need a big umbrella of mercy. So in three weeks, we're going to talk about anger. There are, in the text, there are three levels of anger. When he gets to the third level, when he says, you call someone raka. Now, I, I have had a challenge in my life to not swear. Some of you know that to be true, and I'm getting better. I swear far less than I used to. I don't brag about that. I, be, I am sinning less with my coarse language. But if I told you what Jesus said, if you, why you could burn in the fires of hell, if I told you what interpretation is, you would fire me right now. Because you'd never say that to anybody, and you should never say it in church. So Jesus says to, me, says to us, I want you to be so filled with love that you don't move from um, disdain to contempt to hatred. If we are deeply embedded in the love of Jesus, listen, we can become less angry. We can choose. Can, can, listen to the sentence. I think in the power of the Holy Spirit, listening, obeying the words of God, listen to this, I think, I think you can go a day without knowingly sinning. Do you think that's true? I think that's true. I think fill with the Spirit, knowing God's words, 
in community with others who love. I believe we can learn to be women and men who are, don't have to be angry. We don't have to lust. We don't have to lie. We don't have to judge. We are free in Christ, his life in us, to not sin. Wouldn't that be amazing to have a day in which you can look back on your day, the prayer to examine, and say, I don't remember sinning today. Not to brag. That's to be so embedded with Jesus. His life is just being lived through us. And that's what we're going to be called to do and to be. Well, let, let, me, let, let me take you through this now. Chapter 5, 3. Let me read it to you and I want to show you. Slide number uh, 7, please, Morgan. 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What do I mean in that? What is Jesus talking about? The poor in spirit are those who recognize I bring nothing. It is the enigma of empty-headedness. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Happy are those who know I bring nothing. I bring who I am. I, I just, here I am. You know, as a pastor, many times I'm invited to be with those who are leaving this life for the next. And at that moment of transition, I'm just struck by the person leaves us and they leave us with nothing. They have nothing. But the reality is, may I say this? The reality is whatever, anything that we have has been given to us by God. The reality is everything we have is a gift. So the poor in spirit are people who say, Lord, here, the little I have, the nothing I have. And he says, oh, you can be blessed because you recognize you don't have anything. How about the next one, verse four? What's the text saying? Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. I wrote, I take ownership of my sadness and pain. There is power in authentic mourning. What I'm observing is so many of us are medicating our sadness and our pain with all kinds of various means. Could be substance, could be spending, it could be relation. We, are, we, we need, blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. So I can tell you personally, when our son died and left us, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of you comforted us as we mourned. That's the body of Christ. Blessed, happy are those makarios who are comforted. How are we comforted? By this. That's what disciples do. We are for each other. How about verse 5? The next one, please. Verse 5. 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meekness, translated literally, is power under control. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. What does that mean? We give up control. There is freedom in genuine submission. There's freedom. That's what St. Paul said. You want to kill me? Go ahead. You want to beat me to, beat me to snot and let me die? Go ahead. Why? He said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Blessed are the meek. That's power under control. I told the last service, when Kyle was playing in the NBA, after a game, we were in the bowels of the, one of the stadiums, and 
one player from one team was mad at a player on his team and walked up to him and after the game just smashed him in the face because of something happened in the game. And I watched the man who was much bigger than me just get smashed in the face. And he's a follower of Jesus. He just went like this. I forgive you, man. And walked away. If I told you the name of the man who got punched in the head, he could break me in half. That's how big and strong he is. Blessed are the meek. Power under control. They can submit. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. What does that mean? Blessed are the people who long for right relationships. There is energy in life-giving affection. Let me just ask you this. When you're, would you think about someone with whom you have been or you are hurt, a broken relationship? Or because of some besetting sin, ongoing sin, you feel distant from the Lord, how's your energy level? When relationships are broken or strained, how much energy is there? And then the question is, how much affection are we missing? There's something about right relationships. Now, let me just give you a quick stop. Blank screen a second, Morgan. I want you to think about this. So we're going to go through these 5, 3 through 12. Can I, can, I, can I point you forward? This is how you and I relate to every single person in the new heaven and new earth. Forever, we will be like Jesus with each other. We will be makariosed off the roof forever. I said this to you before. I want you to keep thinking about this because this is a sentence that makes you, you have to think about this one. And this, this could be wrong. But I believe that we take one thing with us when we, we leave this life to go to the next. And I said this to the last two weeks. What goes with us is our character. The person we are here goes with us to wherever we go after we die. Now, the, the car wash theology is I go to heaven and I'm just washed clean and everything's over. No, we're saved by grace through faith called the doctrine of justification, absolutely legal standing. We're in a right relationship with God forever. Yes, yes, yes. What's the process of sanctification? It's in the power of the Spirit becoming more and more like Jesus. So I'm going to suggest that when we leave this life to the next, the woman, the man, the boy we are have been here goes with us to the next life. And that's why we have such opportunity to be connected to Christ and each other in this life into the next. So, so don't, you gotta you got, you got think, think with me here. This, this, this is a lot. And this is why Jesus is so invitational. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, he said. I'll give you shalom. I'll give you my peace. I want you to be like me. Let's go a little farther. Farther on. Next verse. Thanks, you, Art Morgan. Verse 8, is it? Verse 7, thank you. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. I describe it as I care deeply for others, and specifically there is wonder in genuine forgiveness. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. What's the most merciful thing we can often do with others? Is to be merciful. Now, I want you to think about this one. How is it we enter the kingdom of the heavens eternally? How? We are saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest anyone boast. We are forgiven because what Jesus has done. Because he has forgiven us. What do we pray every single Sunday? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. What does that mean? That's, that's being merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Later on, we're going to go to the judging part when Jesus says, oh, be careful how you judge. Jesus, the measure that we use in judging others with the measure of judgment that comes back to us. There's wonder in the journey of forgiving. And please don't hear another saying, I do not believe we can forgive and forget. I do not believe we forget. I don't believe that. But I know forgiveness is working when we can look at the person we've hated or been hurt by and the emotions, the anger, the pain lessens and lessens and lessens. Verse 8. Thank you, Morgan. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And I take that, I understand to me, I go after one thing. The power of single-mindedness. Pure heart. Oftentimes I think we think pure heart is related somehow to sexual purity. I don't think that's the intent here. I think that Jesus is saying, blessed are those who are so um, longing to be relationship. So, why, so I'm quoting Matthew 6.33. I'm quoting Jesus. Jesus said, Matthew 6, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. What's the rest of the phrase? And all these things will be added unto you. What's he talking about? Blessed are the pure in heart. I want to be about what Jesus is about. I want to be connected with the one who loves me enormously, for incredibly forever. There's a power. So you know this. The Old Testament, according to King James Version here, as a man thinketh, so he is. Our minds are so powerful, yes? And I've said this to you before. I would suggest that Sin always starts right here. Right here. Because as we think, so we are. So as we think, it's how we live because it affects our hearts, our desires, and our actions. So remember, I told you one of my dad's theory. My dad, my dad died when he was 90. My dad's, I said, Dad, when did you start feeling old? He said, 82. I said, okay. And what happened to 82? He said, I lost my ability to do almost everything. I had to start wearing diapers. People had to help me with my bodily functions. I couldn't get out. We had to buy a chair that would help him get out. He couldn't stand. He couldn't walk. He had to walk or could do all those things. I said, so dad, how do you process that? My dad said to me, I think the Lord in his mercy has taken everything away from me. That for the last years of my life, all I will seek is his kingdom and his righteousness. He has a single focus. So he used to study, read scripture, all stuff. I would often, when I walked in him, he would just be laying on his chair and I would, he'd often be like this. I said, Dad, what are you doing? He said, I'm thinking. 
about Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart. Oh, for they'll see God. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the children of God. I think peacemakers, I'm going to unpack this more later. A peacemaker says, I'm going to give up my rights, and I want to embrace the beauty of making peace. And we start with what Joy said. Joy said to us 20 minutes ago, this is issue of humility. The man who came to me after 8 o'clock service said, I get so angry and my anger flares. Remember what I told you about anger almost several months ago? Listen, anger at its core has self-righteousness and vanity in it. So when, myself, when you, you, I disagree with you and I'm angry with you, my self-righteousness rises and my pride, and I'm right and you're wrong. And a peacemaker says, maybe you are right, maybe you're not. But our relationship is important enough for me that I'm not going to fight you. Now, let me stop a second. Do you understand where Jesus is taking us? It's not sin management. It's not do this, do this, don't do that, do that. He is talking about a, such a connection with him that his life has just lived through us. It's not like, I need to make the right decision. No. Not, yes, we do need the right decisions. But fundamentally, the right decisions just come out of us. This is, so, in Jan, Lord willing, January, we're going to do a series called Flourishing in Love About Relationships. The first two weeks, we're going to look again at the circle of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The next two weeks, we're going to do God is love. Listen, listen to this now. I'm quoting 1 John. God is love, agapao. He wills the good of all, agapao. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, if I want to be a disciple of Jesus, we say, Lord, live your life through me, listen now, and that life will be marked by love. I'm not talking slurpy, oh, I love you so much. <laughs> I'm talking that. Agapao has no emotion in it at all. It is making a decision, a commitment to the good of another person because you so value who they God is love. And that's why John writes in his, gospel, his epistle, those who say they love God and hate their brothers are liars. And the truth is not in them. Because the truth is, God is love. We'll go a little farther soon. Next one, please. 10. Persecution. Verse 10, 11, 12, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you falsely, and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And up on the screen, persecution. I endure the cost of being misunderstood. I endure the cost of being vilified. I endure the cost of being whatever. Why? There's a price to be paid to be a follower of Jesus, but there's a reward that's beyond our comprehension. In chapter six, he goes over and over, reward, reward, reward. What's the reward? 
It's to be so connected with Jesus, his life is just lived in us and through us and from us. And then what kind of a life is that? It's a life of peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Interestingly, the 9,000 Kevins in the first century wanted to kill Jesus because he didn't keep the rules. Sin management. If you watch The Chosen, they, they, they exaggerate a bit, but they don't really. Fundamentally, he broke a couple laws. Sabbath keeping, he broke the Sabbath, and he forgave sins. Kill him. And Jesus just forgave and walked because he knew what is before him. So let me remind you all one more time. Here's a secret. We're all going to die. Are you ready to live this life with the one who on your deathbed will come to you I prepared a place for you. I love you. Welcome home. That's the good news. Last slide, please. So the action steps. Could you make decisions, choices? Would you consider just memorizing slowly Matthew 5, 8 through 12, QR code? Just keep learning as we go. Unless if you be willing some time, just read Matthew 5 and 7. Now, iceberg, please. So I want you to, I'm going to use this starting this next week. What's above the waterline is what we see in each other's lives. But the reality is there's much more of us that is unseen. And Jesus wants to absolutely bless what's underneath and enhance what's hidden so that what's above is magnificent. So as we walk this road, remember these words. The Lord wants to bless you, and he wants to keep you. The Lord Jesus wants to make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. He wants to lift up his face. He wants to look at you and give you peace, now and forever. Amen. Lord, we thank you and we praise you that you long to be in a relationship with us that is more beautiful and magnificent than we can imagine. So help us, Lord, to be open and available to receive and to give a life that knows no limits. We love you and we praise you. We honor you and we thank you. And we pray in that mighty name the name of Jesus. Amen.